we're all protecting you. We have we all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We're not dressed for this. I don't so don't ever bring you guys around me. Let me tell you something. the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here again with my co-host, as always, in these Beverly Hills, Armin. Armin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eddie. I can't believe the season is over. I know we have the reunion still to go. A three-parter. But, you know, the official, the regular season, so to speak, is over. The Yeah, the bulk of everything that happened really ended... And then it looks like they did an extra scene six months later, which you were saying you think is the longest filming span of a season on Bravo ever. I think so. Because before we had the three-month time jump with Vanderpump Rules. Yes. uh, During season five, we saw Katie and Schwartz's wedding. And then we jumped three months to Sheena divorcing Shay. We have never seen a six-month time jump. In fact... We did the calculations because they gave us a couple clues. They said that Lisa Vanderpump's uh, Vanderpump Cocktail Garden opening was six weeks prior. Which was the first week of April. To the lunch at Kyle's. So that lunch, which capped off the season, happened around mid to late May, Eddie. That's insane. And that means that... The cast had already watched most of the season by that point. So I brought this up to you as we were watching. It was a pseudo reunion of sorts. Yeah, it was the reunion before the reunion because all these ladies, minus Lisa Vanderpump, who also didn't show up to the reunion, have a chance to kind of discuss everything that went down. And we were talking, it's because there really wasn't a clear end to the story. Yeah, you had Camille storming off and basically being like, I don't want to engage, which wasn't an end. It was kind of a cliffhanger, like... I mean, and she, ha- Housewives seasons usually end at a big party, right? Yeah. But Mauricio's the agency party just didn't give us that closure. Well, and I think it's, a lot of it had to do with Lisa Vanderpump and yes. her not finishing filming. So I thought this was an interesting way to do it, where the ladies, who two of them have had pretty heavy run-ins with Lisa Vanderpump since the show ended, give their stories and let people know kind of what's gone down. But we will get into that because before. <laughs> I was like, ooh, we're starting at the end. No, no, no. We're going in reverse. No, no, no. We will get into that because we need to start at the very beginning. And that is because we are graced once again by the presence of Kim Richards. We just actually. What is that? Three times this season? Yeah. Once at the dinner. Yeah, once at the party. Then Farrowween. And now she shows up to Kyle's. And she got a confessional. Like, you know, she's she's doing well for herself. We just finished doing season five for Housewives History that you guys will get very soon yes it's dropping all at once on patreon this week Ooh! so you'll get all three parts uh but uh you will eventually get it on the public feed if you want to get it asap uh support us on patreon patreon.com backslash hot and bravo it's where you'll get a lot uh you're gonna get an exclusive peter magigal interview on there exclusive carl radke rapid fire so support us on Patreon if you want. And also, it helps us keep this podcast going. It keeps um, us going for you guys. But yeah, we uh, like you said, Eddie, we just covered season five. And that's a big Kim Richards season. It's Kim Richards, who is a recovering addict, really going through it again. Monty, her ex-lover slash father of her child, 
is husband. dying. Ex-husband is dying. She's kind of possibly dabbling back into some kind of substance abuse. There was the game night episode. Yeah, poker. Yeah, they do the poker night and... Monty you know. gave her a pill, and so she she seemed a little off. I don't buy that story, 100%. But uh, it's good to see Kim. It's good to see her doing well. We actually Kyle, get a flashback from season five. We do, actually, yeah. the, where she's taking Brandy's side instead of Kyle's side. And right. Kyle's upset that her sister isn't there for her. But they seem to be in a good place now. Kim is um, a grandmother. She's very happy about that role. Kyle's very excited for her moving into another period of her life, and she thinks that Kim is going to be very successful in this phase, and I think she will, too. I think... The end of the day, Kim has been a good mother, and I think she'll be a great grandmother. Uh, Kyle invites uh, Kim to the agency's twenty-fifth office opening party in downtown LA. Huge, great accomplishment. And Kim does what Kim always does and goes, "Oh well, um, I don't know if I can make it. Send me the time, and we will." Probably see. not. Probably not. And Kim had some funny moments. Kim had a great. Moment. And then, but but Kyle does bring up Lisa Renna will be there. And Kim goes, oh, oh, man, you know. Kim still seems like she has a problem with Lisa Renna, whereas Lisa Renna feels like the problem is over. But is it ever over with Kim? Just because it's over doesn't mean it's really over. And if I think it over, maybe you'll be coming over again. Um, Kim holds grudges. That's the thing. That's Kim the is thing a with massive Kim. grudge holder. Look, you just mentioned she's cool with Kyle, right? But she still holds a grudge over what went down in season one. I she think- will never get over that. I think the problem with, with Kim the whole alcoholic is Kim feels like she was attacked on the show and that everyone kind of played a part in this. I mean, her addiction issues, her real life troubles were front and center for every season that she was on. Yes. And if she feels like all these people betrayed her, especially Lisa Renna, who, while she was recovering and sober, basically exposed her addiction issues again. Yeah, but that was like an unfortunate circumstance because they were on the car ride together. Yeah, if and it, it would have been anyone strange. else in the car, it would have been. If it was Brandy in the car, I think the same thing would have happened. Yeah, because it, it just was happened to be Rena. bizarre. If it was Eileen, Eileen would have called it out too. Even if it was LVP, yeah, you know. So it was just an unfortunate circumstance. But I feel like Kim just has a baseless opinion on Rena because her whole thing about like. Rena is probably like gonna backstab her or like I feel like Rena is like waiting around the corner with a dagger. Remember she was saying yeah, some shit like, like that? That's not even close to being true. I don't think Rena really thinks about you. Rena could care less. I think Rena feels uh uncomfortable in situations with Kim because it makes other people uncomfortable. And I think it makes her uncomfortable, but I don't think she's like constantly thinking about Kim and and how to destroy her. But that's like that's what goes on Kim's, in Kim's point mind. of view. Yeah, yeah, it's very like Kim centric, but I think it's kind of delusional to be honest. Well, Kim is kind of delusional. Uh, let's move on from Kim to another delusional couple, which is PK and Dorit. But they're just delusional about their money. <laughs> well, according to Camille, at least. Uh, Kim, uh, Dorit and PK start talking and diving into kind of what Camille said in the last episode, which was basically PK filed for bankruptcy. They're getting sued for millions from people. They don't know where their money's coming from. They're shady people. We don't trust snakes like that. You know, just to summarize it in simple terms. Uh, PK kind of just retorts in the way that I figured he would. He was like, the, P- the, the bankruptcy was over 10 years ago. It was before I met you. We're in a different place now. I'm successful again. We've moved from that. And he says, and she can be bitter about 
all the dresses and cars and nice things that you get because I'm going to keep buying them for you. That's my job as your husband. He had had this cute line where he's like, I feel like you'll never have enough dresses and you'll never have enough cars. Like I can never actually give you enough. Which was so, I mean, if, if, hey, if y'all have that feeling about me, hit me up. DM me on Twitter and Instagram if you can get me. Eddie underscore Strata yeah, slide honestly, in the DMs. Yeah, if they you are can get open. me cars and clothes and just make me happy. If, if that is your desire to make me happy, fire away. Okay, since this is the season finale, can we briefly talk about the evolution of PK and Dorit? Yeah. They went from the most hated couple on BH to being well-liked now. Just from... Scrolling through social media, Twitter, even looking at Instagram comments. I Eddie, even said it during our live watch. appear to like them. I used to hate them. Yeah, and you are an example of this. You used to hate them. Now you like them. I think it was, it's like, it's a thing. And this is, this is just me in general with anyone I meet. I really don't trust people right when I meet them. I don't have So it wasn't instant, a dirty thing. You take a while to warm up. I think this is just in general. But I think at the first season... And a half, maybe two. She didn't have a great opening season. She had not a great two opening seasons, like one and a half. Like it was kind of like okay, well, because we're over Pantygate it. was annoying. Yeah, it was just like we we're over it. We, I did not trust her accent. I was having the same <laughs> questions Camille was having. Where is this money coming from? But this season, and a little bit of last season, I've really seen Dorit come into her own. She's not under the PK shadow, which I think was the issue. Was PK was running the show? PK was the the housewife. And I hated PK. He wanted that diamond. Yeah. And I don't I, think anyone likes a house husband who like goes after the diamond or John, the apple or the peach. Yeah. PK. Right. John Medesian. Yeah. He wanted that apple. I think Carol said that, right? It was very obvious, but I think it was Carol who said that. He also wanted to promote his dry cleaning business. <laughs> fucking cleaners. Uh, but I, I do think that once Dorit moved away from PK and started moving into her own with the ladies, developing her own relationships, getting her own voice, giving her own personality, showing the side of her as a mother, you know. Riding tiny bikes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I also do think the humanization of her with her and Teddy becoming mothers who put aside their differences for their kids really showed both of them in another light. And I think that also helped me as well, kind of like Dorit. Plus what we've heard about Dorit and PK, that they're actually the nicest ever. Right. They give gifts to the crew. They take the time to be with, you know, everyone working on the show. So I'm I'm moving into more of a Dorit-friendly zone. I feel like if I saw her, I'd be very excited to see her. I wouldn't be like, ugh, this bitch. <laughs> um, I think that'd be like me with every housewife, except for Camille. I feel like Camille, I'd be like... How about Teddy. Teddy, I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so great to meet you. Like, I feel like I'd be excited to meet her, but not, I mean, if I saw Rena, I'd be on the floor, fainted, passed out. Right. I've seen Lisa Vanderpump. She seems nice. I've never met her. You've met her. You said she's very nice. She's very cool. Um, Let's get back to BH. So all the ladies show up at the agency party. Everyone's a little bit nervous because Camille was invited. Um, Camille walks in full mean girl with a crew behind her of like you know like the blonde bitches like the blonde cheerleaders she's like all these fucking bitches in high school she's like everyone's against me and it's like well everyone's against you because you're a two-faced biatch but she doesn't waste a second either she doesn't she goes she up to lines to Kyle she beelines to Kyle and Kyle apologizes and she's like you know what no She's like, no, I was very offended. And then Teddy tries to... I'm not, I'm not sorry I'm not, for being nice to LVP. Exactly. Which is uh, beside the point, which I will get into in a bit. Teddy, of course, tries to jump in. Shut it down, Eddie. Shut it down. Shut, shut it up. Down. Shut it down. It's so ridiculous how dismissive 
Camille is. If I was upset and I wanted respect from the people who upset me or, you know, lashed out on me, I would come calm, cool, collected, and my my words would hold power. She's kind of like, bah, 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 like I'm just going to be the one to scream the loudest so that I come out on top, which is a very bad way to have an argument. It's she's very, angry and she's frantic. Exactly. I, I just did not like how dismissive she was of Teddy when Teddy was, of course, Teddy was trying to jump in, but this involves Teddy too. Didn't she say something like, I don't care about you? Or Oh, she goes, yeah, she was like, I don't even want to, like, I don't even care about you. Like, I, you don't even matter to me. Right, right. You don't even matter. And to me, that's like, well, clearly she matters because she's getting your feathers riled up. True. You wouldn't be this mad. That's if a some, contradiction, yeah. right? Someone, if, if you don't matter, then then why you're are you not freaking out? Then just let her talk. But if she's provoking you to this level, then she matters. She matters on some level. Well, that happens, and then she tries to escape the situation. She moves with David to the other side of the room, and Lisa Rinna comes up because she's like, "Okay, you know, me and the ladies want to talk to you," which was probably pushed by production, anyways. Right. And I love how it's just like Camille going down the line. Yeah. She's like, I got to knock this one off, knock this one off. <laughs> but the, like we said, when we were watching this, she's not even like winning any of these fights. She's no. just looking like a crazy person in front of every single person. So yeah, Lisa goes up to her and she's like, if we could steal you away for a second, we could talk. And Camille's like, no, no. <laughs> she's like, it's not going to happen. She's like, I'd like a little bit more time. And I don't want to like, talk. She's like, yeah. And it's like, Lisa Ren is like, what is going on here? Like, but then what's funny is that she then cannot stop talking. Oh yeah, then Camille goes off and she's like, "You're who the mean girl really is." You guys came and attacked me, and she says this thing and she's like, "You guys are mad because I couldn't say one thing about Lisa. I said one nice thing about Lisa Vanderpump, and you guys all get mad." She's missing the point. Wrong. That is not the point. Why the women were mad. And I said this during film when we were when we were watching live. Right. Was the issue is not that they were upset that she was nice to Lisa, and then when they were all want they all had seen her being mean to Lisa previously. The issue is is that she says one thing, then she says the complete opposite, and then tries to act like, oh no, you know, I was, you know, that wasn't anything wrong. I wasn't, I didn't mean that. It goes, then what do you mean? She's a two-faced snake bitch, essentially, at this point. She lies to everyone. She fluffs air up your butt to make you feel better about yourself. And at the end of the day, it makes her come across as incredible, unreliable, and unloyal or disloyal. Disloyal. And it's, it's upsetting because I did really like Camille for a very long time. I did. I like this Camille. I don't like it as much. <laughs> And see, the Armin, I know that you like dive face first into chaos and you enjoy it so much. I love much. the chaos. This is great. See, but I think for me, there and has also to be to controlled credit, chaos. But you have to give her credit. No, there doesn't have to be controlled chaos. Give me uncontrolled chaos. And you know what I think is great too? It's not like she's being a pure two-face where she's unwilling to say anything to their face. She She is right here, right? It's not all behind their backs. That's like the most annoying thing when a housewife isn't willing to have confrontation. Yes, she is definitely talking behind their backs throughout the season. No doubt about it. But she then does confront them with all of these allegations. 
But this is the issue is she comes front and she is acting like she's the victim and she thinks she's the one who is wronged. Yeah, but that's every housewife. No, but the issue is, is that she's not willing to listen to the other side. She is so strong in her conviction of her own self-worth and has validated herself to the point of no return that she doesn't even need to listen to anyone. I mean, how she literally at the end of the we'll get into it, but she leaves the party by herself and is like, I'm over this. I don't need to do this. Oh, she's definitely insanely stubborn. Yeah. But that's what makes the drama even juicier, to be honest. I'm sorry. I'm, I, she's I, almost Jill Zarin in that no, way. No, 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 no. You just can't get through to her. No, there's a difference between Jill Zarin and Camille in the sense that Jill Zarin was two faced, but everyone in New York is very two faced and you can't deny that. Oh yeah. And I mean, a lot of these housewives are. But let me get back to Camille and Jill Zarin because I think that is a very wrong matchup. I, I don't think they're similar in many ways, but I think in the in the sense that they're both very stubborn. No, and yeah, they are stubborn. But I the the issue with Camille is I don't think Camille is just stubborn. Camille legitimately thinks that she's the victim. She feels like everyone is ganging up on her when that's not the case. That's how Jill felt. And Jill did not. Jill feel- always felt she was the victim. I think there's a no Jill always thought she was the HBIC and she felt like people were coming for her throne. Right. There's a difference, which is more LVP, I think, than Camille. Camille has no throne. Camille thinks she's more important than she is. And all these women are are obsessing about her because of this thing. I I do see the, I I do see the differentiation between them. But Jill Zarin is when she confronts you, she's direct. She knows how to hit you right at your core and she know and she's willing to have the tit a tat. Whereas Camille is just yelling louder. She's aggressive. She has nothing substantial to say. And when you try to retort, she'll dismiss you. And that's where at the, I think that's where my problem with Camille is. I lies. don't think they're a one to one. I'm but... just defending my girl, Jill Zarin. <laughs> I love Jill Zarin too. I'll always love Jill Zarin. Uh, but I do agree that like Camille, particularly here, has zero substance because Rina and uh, the other cast members aren't arguing that she can't be nice to LVP. They are just bothered by the fact that she always seems to hold like two contradictory beliefs. And look, human beings are complex, right? Sometimes we can hold contradictory emotions. But like hers are almost like factual determinations that go against each other. LVP's a great person. No, LVP's not a great person. Or I really like Dorit and I want her to come to my wedding. I think Dorit's super shady and I don't trust her and I want nothing to do with her. These are things that are super conflicting. It's not even like the complexity of human emotions where it could be like, well, I'm I'm really angry, but I'm also really happy. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. These two things really don't compute. But in Camille's defense, that's kind of the game here. That's that's kind of what a lot of them do. Yeah, but I but the the thing about Camille is and let's at least point this out they are saying we want things to come to the surface we want you to speak your mind yeah but then when she does when any of them do about sensitive subjects they all want it shut down right oh don't bring up financial stuff but you also have to think that these women if they are dealing with this are in legal ish situations where they can't legally speak about all it. i'm saying is that that is also kind of like hypocritical and like it, it's that's difficult to work with, right? If they're saying, oh, Camille, 
like why why are you like holding all that in if you if you really think that and then she's like all right then i'm gonna tell you what i really think about dorit earlier i was saying well i kind of think she's shady she was she's being vague about it and they're saying stop being vague come on put it all out there and then she does and they're like oh you went you went too far because i think there is a difference it's between, like a trap well i think there's a difference between camille saying it's entrapment oh, I Eddie. Think- it's entrapment but it's not because Camille's also been on the show much longer than everyone else. And she knows what you can talk about, what you can't talk about. And, you know. So what is this about being real? If there's things you can talk about and there's things you can't. Armin, it's called the legal, like legalities of stuff. You can't, uh. you, I, you, you I, see, this is, I was saying this earlier and I'll say it again. I feel like you f- think that these housewives live outside of like the real world, like in a whole other realm of, some of, of it reality. they can talk about. No, and I think some of it they can, and I think we saw a very good thing where basically Dorit was like, we can't talk about this, but it was still brought up. But. Also, by the way, if you are in some litigation, you can say that you're in litigation. And she does. I mean. There's just certain things that sometimes, sometimes can't be disclosed. And I, but but even more so than that, it was Camille bringing that up, which we come to find out the bankruptcy has no base in claim because they're not bankrupt right now. They are going through getting sued right now, which they have been open about in the in the press now since. There you go. And it's so been they normal. are open about it, but they didn't want it to be a narrative on the show. Well, no, the thing is, I'm not really defending Camille. I just think there's a lot of hypocrisy. No, there is a lot of hypocrisy. But what I'm trying to say is, I think Camille knew what she was doing. Camille's been on the show since day one. She knows exactly that that's deflection, and she didn't want to be the story, and she didn't want to be the one that was going to be all eyes on her. So she tried to deflect the next biggest story, which it was Dorit. And they all play that game. I mean, you have to in the show, but... Rinna's most famous moment on the show is her not wanting her husband brought up. Am I wrong? But... Don't you ever bring up my husband. But the thing is, and then at the reunion, she's like, well, bring it up. What were you going to say? And the reason is, is because Kim has nothing to say. Kim lied on camera. And the reason that Rinna brought it up was because she knew that Kim was going to probably say some baseless claim. Right, but we do know know those salacious rumors exist. We do, but we don't even know if it was about that that she was going to say it. Yeah, we don't know. But what we're saying is what I said before, is when you throw something out on TV, regardless of what it is, it's going to stick. So if you throw out a lie, that lie is going to stick. People are going to believe it till the end of the day. that's true. And so I think where Ren is coming from when she said, don't you dare speak about my husband is you don't bring in husbands or children into housewives. Yeah. But you don't bring in husbands or children into housewives because at the end of the day, if you said something about Alexia, that wasn't true. I think husbands are fair game. Not always. And And not always, but significant others for the most part. They agree to be on the show. They're they are in a small part. And I think we've seen this before because all of the women, I mean, even Kent, even New Jersey though, I mean, we don't see, we don't, I mean, but we don't hear about Ken having all of his mistresses, mistresses in all their apartments that he pays for, or all of his prostitutes that he, you know, allegedly, 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 but still, but now we said it. (laughs) And he just had a, but now we said it moment. But like, you get what I'm saying is like, there's so many things that I mean, but But guess what? If that got brought up, wouldn't that be fascinating? But no one's going to do that because no one is that low of a person to Ugh. really truly ruin someone's life whose life is ruined at the end of the day have you have you followed the real housewives i know you have season nine atlanta with phaedra and portia and candy that's a completely different situation Almost any season of uh new jersey 
one through five. But Armin, there's there are vile people, especially that have been on Jersey that have looked to destroy people's lives. Yeah. Phaedra and Portia. Woo! I don't know what I think they didn't expect to destroy someone's life, but they were just trying for something smaller and it ended up blowing up bigger than what they thought. This is what I'm saying though, Eddie. This has happened. There is precedent for housewives going below the belt. That's and all I, I'm saying. I, no, and I agree and I loved it. But I don't think it's justified in saying, oh, no, no, censure on, on reality TV. We can talk about literally I, no, everything just, that we want. I'm just saying that it's a possibility. That it's, it can happen. It can be and brought up. And when you up. go on reality TV, you open yourself up. You leave yourself vulnerable. But, because you don't know what's going to be said on camera. But it's not always right. There is, oh, no, it's never right. There's a rule of law in reality Listen, TV. Would you be friends with many of these people? Probably, yes. You you would. See, I don't think I could trust many of these people. See, and they, I think this is where I think this is where our see, that, lines see, that's get where blurred. I, but see, that's where I draw the line. It's like I, I am willing to say, look, they're in this format, which means shit can go down and shit's going to go down heavy. And because they're willing to do that, I'm not going to trust them. But that's what happens on these shows. They go below the belt, Eddie. No, and I, I agree. You have a high expectation for them, and no, you want them to meet it. I don't think they I, don't I, I don't it. think I have a high expectation. I think I think I finally figured out the difference between you and me. You view this as a show. You see, and you're like, oh, I no, want I know this is real. No. I'm I'm pointing out no. the realities of their lives. No, but I understand. But I think it was the point where you're like, I don't think I could be friends with the people. Where I'm like, I could be friends with the people. I've been in experiences like this where we've had friends hit below the belt, but then at some point there's a line that you cross, and you're like, no, you don't do that. Like you, that is too touchy for you to and be you like this person. you don't stay friends with them. No, and I stay friends with them. You work through it. You figure it out. But, but I, know, I know you slip. don't. I know you don't. No, there was one only time I've ever dropped a friend was two times. One because the friend so dropped. Have. No, one, and they're not for this reason. One because the friend dropped me because they thought I had said something rude about them, which was not true. And I was the one trying to mend the relationship. I was trying my best. The second was because someone slept with the person I was seeing behind my back. That's completely. There you go. But that's not me like revealing something. Someone revealing something about me and being like, "Oh, like, there's I'm not a spectrum be. here." That that person pulled a uh, Jack Taylor on you. Yes, which you were is Tom com- Sandoval, which is completely different from pulling a Camille. If someone no, came up I'm to not me- saying I'm not saying like across the board, any one of these wrongs would make you defriend someone. I'm just saying. That in the Bravo verse, shit goes down, and oftentimes in an extreme level. No, and I agree. Okay, I think we're. I think we're talking in circles. I think we're talking in circles because at the end of the day, it came across that you were defending actions like this just because they're on reality TV. No, no, I'm not defending. And I'm it, here no. to say just because you're on reality TV See, does not mean that you deserve to have your entire life exposed. That's not what comes with the territory. But it can. You leave yourself vulnerable. Well, yeah, and so do politicians, and so do sports celebrities and that. movies and all that kind of stuff. Basically, being a public figure kind of leaves you vulnerable. Yeah, but yeah. it's sick and disgusting people who will go after those small parts of yourself right. and bring that to the surface. And what I've been pointing out is that these people exist in the Bravoverse. And Camille Grammer is one of them. If we had to if we had to actually say, though, our, our thoughts on what Camille did, exposing Dorit, being two-faced throughout the season, yeah, that's wrong. Obviously, it's wrong. But it, it was... Great. It, it was, was good TV. No, I think compelling. it was good TV, but I still think she's a snake in the grass. Better chop the head off first before it snaps back and bites <laughs> you, bitch. Uh, Can we talk about her and Denise getting at it? Yeah, so let's get to that. So, of course, because Camille's 
running terrified because she knows these women are going to come after her at any moment because she's running her mouth and then running away, which is the most cowardly thing to do. If you run your mouth, sit and stay. Don't run away. You were the one who opened it. Now you got to be the one to close it. If I don't close your eyes first by knocking you out. Okay. But so she <laughs> that runs was a away great riff. Things. Oh, very quickly before she runs away though, uh, Denise and Camille have this little moment in the bathroom. Denise, no, that's co- what I'm saying. She runs into the bathroom and right. And oh, I thought you were talking about the no, other no, from time the party. No, so she yeah. runs away. Okay. So Denise follows her with cameras into the bathroom, and she's like, "Denise, what you did last night was fucked up." Camille, Camille, yeah, Camille, what you did last night was fucked up, and you need to go out and apologize to Dorit right now. You need to be a good person. Yeah, and you need to do it. And Camille's like, ah, "But I was the victim," and she's like, "I don't care." I, she's like, "What? What you did was wrong, and you need to go apologize for it." And walks Camille out. Camille tries to apologize to Dorit during Kyle and Mauricio's speech, and Dorit has to be the one to turn around and be like, "Stop! Not right now! Right? Not during the of speech. all people, Dorit, because Denise and Camille are bickering." <laughs> during the speech and it's like oh my god learn some for someone who this is what i have to say for camille who acts all high and mighty and like she is like the princess of like class and like poise she's one messy ass bitch who has no class whatsoever she was a dancer on mtv please do not tell me that she comes from the upper echelons of society <laughs> please I, I want a whole hour long pod eddie of you just talking trash about camille i could go for, and i used to be a camille stan you but i realized her true camille. colors are what we saw season one. Yes. Another great Camille season. Yeah, because she's a messy-ass bitch. <laughs> no wonder Kelsey wanted to go sleep with someone else and leave her ass. She was... Oh. A, she's... Like, the problem with her is she's, like, insufferable. She's, like, so miserable and so, like, uh, into her own self. And things aren't, like, this way. Then it's going to be the end of the she, world. She's an extreme narcissist. Exactly. And, and that's why she can't really see other people's point of view. Even if you don't agree as a person with another person's point of view, you can at least kind of, like, put yourself in their shoes, right? Yeah. She can't. No, you can see she, has she no literally empathy. can't. So she apologized to Dorit. Dorit's like, thank you. It was it was rude, but whatever. I'll accept this apology. They essentially kind of move forward. It's not like they're friends, but like... Apology didn't seem sincere, It to wasn't sincere enough. Like, the thing with Camille is she gives this apology, and it sounds like she's saying all the right things. It really does, by the way. She's saying everything she, right. Yeah, it's not a non-apology. It's not a half-apology. She, she's not saying, I'm sorry, your feelings were hurt. She's actually like, I fucked up. I'm sorry. But... There's nothing behind it. You can just see that all the words are hollow. And we also know this because her confessionals, which were filmed after this party, are all talking trash about Dorit. If she really meant the apology, she wouldn't be talking trash during her confessionals. Yeah, you can see how someone's really feeling currently by watching their confessionals throughout the season because they're taped after. Yep. So Camille is not in a good place with Dorit, obviously. So then Teddy decides to come up to Camille and basically be like, I didn't snub your daughter. Like, I want to move past this. Like, you said that I don't matter. Like, these things really hurt me. And Camille's like, yeah, and so? <laughs> Essentially, she's like, so what? And then Denise gets all up in here. And she's like, you know what, Camille? F you. Grow up. Show some, like, class. You're patronizing. Yeah, she's like, you're condescending. You're patronizing. Like, you don't need to be like this. And, and Camille tries to get up with Denise and Denise gets right back up in her face and that's when Camille takes the L and runs out of the party and I love Denise's line to this she's like I was married to Charlie Sheen I can deal with drama and it was like yeah I was I thought Denise was gonna like rip like 
all the extensions out of Camille's hair, knock her face on the curb, curb stomp her teeth out, and be like, <laughs> I'm Denise Richards, tiger blood. She was fierce in that moment. Like, she was genuinely scary. I'm terrified of Denise, and I'm excited to see if she brings more of that. Yeah, I want to see way more of as that. As we go forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was then at the end of the party, all the ladies who were there still, which is everyone besides Camille. They toast. And LVP, they toast with the wine from Provence. Right. They're throwing it back. And like Kyle said, she really wished Camille could have been there, which is a lie. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I, I wanted her to be here so badly. Like I wanted her to do this toast and drink this wine. You didn't care. I don't even think she thought twice about it. But you know, it's funny. In a typical housewife season, right, it ends at a party, a big party. And that's where, you know, we'd get the where are they nows. And they'd be toasting and smiling and laughing all around the party. But not this time. Not this season. Nope. We got something totally unique. A six-month time jump. Which means this season essentially spanned nine months, ten months. A very long time. Yeah, I think that's what you were saying. You think it's the longest one. Um, but we do get the time jump. And like you said, this was like second or third week or third or fourth week of May. Yeah. Everyone is dressed in their springtime best, early summer. Everyone's bright, colorful, fun. Um, Teddy, Erica, Dorit, Lisa Renna um, all show up at Kyle's house and they're doing a nice little like lunch brunch to kind of catch up. You could tell they're totally refreshed. They are. Because by the end of the season, you could see it's worn down on them. Like, they're exhausted. We've been filming for months. But now, it's like, well, it's, it's also, a new season again. It's also, it's like raining. It's probably, they just had the holidays. Like, yeah. it's an exhausting time. Like, I yeah. I think they're they should white. film in the spring and summer because they looked amazing. Right. Uh, but they start talking about how things have been since, you know, they'd last seen each other. Cause it's been a while. It's been six months and the topic comes up. They've been watching season nine. <laughs> they've been, they've been watching season nine, but of they, they, they don't bring say up, that, but um, they bring up Lisa Vanderpump's new venture in Vegas called Vanderpump cocktail garden, which is at Caesar's palace. And they start talking about how she came in like a throne with uh, like being carried with, and the you crown. know, with the crown, all this stuff. And they're like, it's kind of crazy. Then we get a cut to, Lisa Vanderpump. Right. And we see a conversation that her and Camille are having where basically Camille's like, well, once you left, the target went on my back. Yep. And then Lisa goes, well, then wear the crown and wear the target on you. And and it's like, come on. Both of these, This the problem is, is like Lisa Vanderpump, I totally get, like she was going through a rough time. She wasn't really into filming. She got caught up in her lies. She decided to, you know, leave. Very disappointed in her this season. Like always, not a fan of LVP this season, but always a fan of Vanderpump. Camille, I do not get Camille. Camille is acting like a victim when she was the antagonist in the first place because she's the one who started all this drama. She's the one who was talking so much stuff, so much shit. And when the ladies called her out on it, she's the victim. And and she didn't leave herself one ally. No. Because that episode came out where she was talking shit about LVP's teeth and LVP dropped her in a New York minute. She's trying to be like, oh, me, you and LVP, we are the same. We are similar. We're both dealing with these victims, you know, like whatever. (laughs) And LVP is like, fuck you. And then the show comes out and LVP is like, well, you're a two-faced bitch, like all these ladies said, because you're now talking shit about me. (sighs) Camille, Camille, bad strat, bad strat. At least give yourself LVP so you could go eat at a restaurant for free. Exactly, right? At least try. I think Lisa Vanderpump makes people pay to go eat at a restaurant. I don't think she gives them free lunches. Well, they, you know, they get the corporate discount. 
which is like a 20% discount. So thank you. You can take your tax off. <laughs> but ooh, then we get back to the dinner. Yeah. So it was like a very small scene of Lisa. We, we don't even get to see really the, the Caesars Palace, the Vanderpump Cocktail we Garden see, opening. We see quick shots. We see quick, very quick shots. But mostly it takes place in this hotel room between Lisa and Camille. Now we go back to the ladies and Lisa Renna is the first one to tell everyone she ran into LVP. She was at the, at the parking structure on Bedford, which I've been to. I know exactly which one she's talking about. She's probably on the first level with the valet. If they were waiting for their cars, I totally, it's weird because it's, I used to work you could, at Beverly you could Hills. Picture it. I'm like, I'm like, in, I'm like seeing the scene in my head play out, but LVP was fumbling around for money because you always have to tip valet, you know, you always have to have a couple extra dollars, whether or not you pay with card. And Lisa Renna goes, do you need some money? Being, you know, kind, kind of probably a little bit petty. Yeah. Saying, you need some money? Do you oh, need you some? need some money, yeah. Lisa? <laughs> I, can, I can picture it now. LVP goes, no. And especially, I wouldn't take any from you. Which I think is kind of rude, because even if even if she was being cheeky, Lisa could have been a little bit nicer. And it's also a vintage bit. LVP. Yeah. Come on. So, and What'd then, you expect? True. And then Kyle tells her story, which is the one we've heard before where right. Kyle and her ran into each other at a party. And it wasn't, it wasn't at a party. Sorry. It was at Neiman Marcus. They were running, ran right. into each other shopping at Neiman Marcus. And, you know, Kyle lets Lisa know she's sorry for what happened. And Kyle's like, and Lisa's like, well, Kyle, you called me a liar. And Kyle goes, I, I never called you a liar. You called yourself that. Which in the flashback we do see. She says, all these women think you're lying. I'm trying to tell you what's going on, what these things. And when Kyle, Lisa goes, do you believe them? And she's like, well, I don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. She never does once call Lisa a liar. Lisa puts yeah. that title on herself. But Kyle also says that I do think that you put you gave the story to Radar Online. After Lisa says, I didn't. That's calling someone a liar. You don't need to say the words, you are a liar, to call someone a liar. And if you told me you did something and I say, uh, no, you didn't. Or if you said, I didn't do something. I said, yes, you did. I'm calling you a liar. I'm not, I'm not against Kyle here, yeah. but I mean, I mean we're, we're talking semantics. Yeah. But you know who likes to get into semantics is Lisa fucking Vanderpump. <laughs> so if we're going to talk semantics, we're going to talk semantics because she does the okay. same exact thing. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Where like, she didn't say that she was a liar, but. She described the action of lying and ascribed that action to LVP. Yeah, I do. I completely get that and I understand. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just don't understand why Lisa can't. I understand she was hurt. But if these people are really, truly her friends and she's so devastated by this loss of these people in her life, then make the effort to reconnect with them. Like, could you work through it? Like, could you try to find a way to reconcile and like, okay, like, so you think I lied. Let's talk about this. Let's talk this through. But there wasn't like a very concerted effort. I see what you're saying. See, I would be deeply hurt if my friend called me a liar. But I think I'd try to figure it out. I'd try to say, man, I didn't lie here. See, yeah. And I think that's where she she doesn't have that same thing. She's too worried about her image. Yeah. To She immediately blew up. Exactly. Which is also suspicious. But... She should have made an effort. I would make an effort. Personally, if my friend called me a liar... See, this is also, I feel like my feelings are very different from yours, Armin. I feel like I wouldn't take that seriously. Oh, well, what's the lie, right? I think True. I think the magnitude of the lie, is it a big one? Yeah. So you would be cool if someone said you told a really massive lie, like if, a consequential if someone, lie. If, okay, so let's, let's put it in this scenario. Say like I, yeah. what, someone's like, oh, you slept with someone. 
And I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, well, I don't believe you. And then I'm like, okay, well, you can choose not to believe me, but I know in my, my heart, this is not true. Would you want to work through this? Like, let's work through this. And you know, at the end of the day, hopefully there's something, if I am telling the truth that, you know, I'm able to defend myself. But if I did lie and someone calls me out on it, for the most part, I'm going to be like, well, yeah, I, I lied. Right. What if you were telling the truth? What do you mean? And someone called you a liar. That's what I'm saying. I would try to work through it because, yeah. you know, I mean, I wouldn't be like that upset. I'd be like, well, clearly, like, you don't know the situation and you're like. But you're, but you're saying you wouldn't be upset, though. No. Okay. See, this is my thing. Is, I'd is be like, bothered if someone called me a liar. See, my thing is, is like, I feel. Because I feel like I, I deserve the trust. See, I don't Which feel, could be a big difference here. Yeah, see, I, see, I, I don't... L, L, what they said at the lunch, for example, was that uh, LVP didn't earn the trust. Kyle said she's been doing the same thing for 10 years. Remember yeah. that? Yes. So in their minds, LVP ha- doesn't deserve trust. Yeah. So everyone's situation is different. See, I, I believe I've earned trust. So if someone's like, I'm still going to call you a liar, I'm going to be like, well, where'd that come from? And I'm telling you the truth. So what's up? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've earned trust, but I feel like for, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, you have to sh- prove it to me. Like you have to, I, you have to earn my trust. I'm not going to give you trust off the bat. And at the end of the day, I don't think anyone. And, and you just wouldn't care if someone's like, you're a liar. No, I've been called much worse. <laughs> and at the end of the day, this is, this is the other thing is I'm so now set and confident in my own self and my own person that if someone calls me a liar, it's not going to affect me that much. I, I get it from like a, a, a self-belief standpoint. But am I that worried about like, everyone else looking at me and being a liar and I'd be like, well, you can believe whatever the hell you want. Again, it's scale. Is it a random person or is it my best friend? I mean, both have happened. To you? Yes. Really? Um, hello. I was not friends <laughs> with a friend for a very long time because they thought I had done something that I didn't do. Yeah. And guess what I tried to do? I tried to mend the relationship and I said, "Yeah, you know what? But you're telling me it didn't hurt at all. I mean, it, it bothered me for a bit. Okay, so okay, all right, all right. Well, it bothered me for a second, but more yeah. so for the fact That's that... That's natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not, But not with the calling me a liar. It was the issue that, like, this person was throwing away a, a relationship for something that was, like, useless. You know what I mean? That's what bothered me. It wasn't... It's hard to compare different situations. Yeah, but yeah, at, the, and we're at talking the end of the day... In hypotheticals here. I mean, at the end of the day, if you call me a liar, then you call me a fucking liar, and I know who I am, and if you want to call me that... Fun, fine. Have a good day. If my best friend said that, I'd be like, "Really? Where's that coming from?" But I also wouldn't be think, the end of the I world. Also I also don't think Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump are best friends. Fair, could be. Who is LVP's best friend? Because we know Kyle. Koise? <laughs> it could be Jiggy and Ken. It, that's it, her. That's her three. Well, that's immediate family. And then you and have the Johns, friends. Hot John and Cold John. True. Uh, Kyle's best friend is Faye Resnick. Yeah. We know this. And her sisters. Well, yeah, but yes, your sisters are your friends, but... No, I think Faye Resnick is her best friend. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is like, and we've seen it in season five. We saw it in season two. We saw it in season one. Kyle and LVP have had a tumultuous relationship since the very beginning. True. They've never really trusted each other. K- Kyle season two says hanging out with Lisa Vanderpump is like playing chess with Bobby Fischer. Right. Which is the most telling of it all. Yeah, that's Since, <laughs> nowhere near a compliment. Bobby Fischer was a great chess player. But he was calculated <laughs> exactly. and concise. That's the way she meant it. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, if someone who was Elisa Vanderpump to my Kyle, which I can name like 10 people right now in my life who would fit that role if they said I was a liar, I'd be like, 
Cool. Yeah. You're welcome. Have a good day. Most people, it wouldn't bother me, but in the in the role of best friend. Yeah, but I, I think we need to. I, I, I think I we need to I look deeper. I wouldn't we need to look it. deeper into LVP and um, Vanderpump. But who knows? Maybe one day they'll squash this beef. Maybe one day LVP will come back. Maybe. Um, but I think, I think that, it's possible. But it looks like all the ladies are gearing up for the reunion, which I'm yeah. very excited to see next week. There will be no LVP, but there will be Camille. But it was a good season. I think I think people are giving... Up and down. Up and down. I think people are giving the season a very bad rap, but I think it's going to rank, as we look back on it, as one of the higher seasons. Um, I, think I don't agree, but okay. I think at least middle to high tier and middle way better than eight and seven. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's one of the worst. Um, and we talked about this on our housewives first race season five, where yes. I think, well, Kevin actually placed it higher than me. Kevin O'Keefe placed nine. He higher placed than it me. like third all time. He's, he placed it, I think fourth. Okay. And I placed it fifth. Yeah. Fifth sounds right. Which is middle, but like higher middle. Right. Yeah. See, but, I'd go, I'd go like two, one, three, four, five. So maybe, maybe I'd have it lower. Maybe I'd have it like six. Yeah. See, but I, but what I really like about this season is, and I think we'll look back on it with a little bit kinder eyes, is I think a lot of this got bogged down with the LVP against the ladies kind of storyline, and all of the drama that came with that on social media and you know on podcasts and recaps. That's what people were kind of focusing on. But I think if we kind of swipe all that away and we were to watch it in another like five years and kind of with fresh eyes and not have this whole drama of are you pro anti LVP or anti LVP on your brain and be in that kind of like moment of the heat that we've been in. I think we're going to look back and be like, wow, this is actually a pretty good season. Cause like if you like look at it from like an outsider perspective, a lot of shit went down. I think it was good. I, I just think relative to those seasons, I don't think it was as good as those seasons. Yeah. Well, no, it's not the, it's not a season two or a season five. Yeah. Five is really good. Did I say five was worse than four, by the way? Five was better than four. Yeah. I, I think I'd go like two, one, maybe even five. Five, three, four. four. Five, three, four. Three was pretty good. Yeah. Because of the whole Adrian Brandy thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'd have to really think about it. We have to sit down with it. But eight, eight and seven are the worst. We will indisputably. We will be back to cover all of the reunions. Yeah. All three parts. So make sure wait. you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys want to hear, we did a really fun live watch for this episode. If you guys want to check that out or get the Housewives history, all three parts before they're released little by little over the next couple of weeks, you can support us for just $2 a month at patreon.com slash hot and bravoed and then if you guys want to follow us on social media make sure you guys don't miss any of the latest bravo news follow us on twitter and instagram by searching at h-o-t-n-b-r-a-v-o-d armin how can people find you at armin mahram and i'm at eddie underscore strata thank you guys so much for diving into the hills with us and we will be back next week